Welcome back to another episode of Sunday Golds. It is Monday, April 24th, and we hope you had a great weekend. Arya Masudi and Brett Nevitt joining you as we talk some Florida State Seminoles baseball and uh, the Knowles. Uh, a tough weekend uh, again overall, but the reason we wanted to do this podcast is Sunday, Florida State was able to close a game out and knock off Virginia Tech 4-3, to um, and what ended up being kind of a hard-fought series uh, overall. Uh, second straight weekend that FSU has played, uh, I would say, relatively well, and, and you know, into the midweek, uh, a couple of one-run losses again this week that uh, were heartbreaking, but I, I thought... The team responded well Sunday, came out with the energy. And, and Brett, it just seems like right now these guys aren't giving up, you know, and and that's a positive to take away as you try and build this thing for the future of Florida State's baseball program. Yeah, obviously up until Sunday there was just more losing this week. But you know, I think four of FSU's five losses going into Sunday were all by one run. And, you know, they've just they've been there and they just haven't closed games out and Every day has kind of been a new, you know, just new way of losing, and um, it hasn't been fun, and it's it's been a really tough time to go through all this, and I mean, it's been, what, a whole month of it now at this point, and it's just been gruesome, and it can't be fun for anyone over there, and um, it's got to be really tough on those players, I would think, and um, confidence and stuff like that. Link talked about it after the game yesterday, but they have fought. I mean, there was a time earlier in the stretch that, I was a little worried about, um, you know, that that part of it. But recently, I think they've they've shown the ability to go out there every day and fight and at least stick in games and give themselves a chance. And you can tell that they still want to win. I mean, you saw their reactions when Doug closed the game in the ninth from him, from James at first catching the ball. I mean, all those guys just celebrating after the win. Um, You know, you still lost the series, but. It was just good to see, and it's good to have a day off today to kind of sit on those vibes of, hey, man, we won a game. We can enjoy this for a little bit and go get back after it this upcoming week. And, you know, obviously you still can't, you know, it's not a win having a one-in-three week, and you got to be better than that. But at this point, we're probably looking more towards next year and what you're trying to get out of this year for next year. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was just a relief to see um, you know, a win on Sunday, and especially in a close game. And it was a relief to see some some guys perform the way we think they're capable of performing. Yeah, I mean, obviously Sunday, Doug Kirkland and, and Jamie Arnold stole the show on the mound, and, and those are two performances that we'd really needed um, within this program and that that clubhouse needed uh, to give them a lift. Doug especially, you know, comes in in his final two innings, and uh, that's as good as... Well, obviously, as Doug has ever looked, but that's as good of a closing performance as I think we've seen in a couple of years at Florida State. Two innings, and I mean, he was almost immaculate. Like it was, he, he didn't really allow anybody to get on base, but the precision of of hitting his spots, getting ahead in the count, letting his stuff play with two strikes. Right when you when you have a hitter on the back foot, so to speak, and you have them second guessing, both breaking balls look good. We saw a changeup. Uh, mixed in there, and then the fastball was as live as it's ever been. And uh, again, hat tip to Doug Kirkland. The Knowles needed that. Yeah, and you know that's what we've kind of wanted to see from Doug. Um, and that mentality is something that I've seen before from Doug, but really no one else has. I mean, I saw it in the summer of 2020 in Florida 
summer league during COVID and all that when, you know, a lot of guys played in that league that summer and Doug closed for one of those teams and I saw it a few times and it was that mentality, that electricity, that stuff. Um, but then obviously Doug goes down right before the 2021 season when he was looking like a back-end option. Um, you know, was supposed to come back mid-season last year but had a bit of a setback, had a little bit of a setback this fall too but was able to come back from it and get – ready through this preseason and has obviously struggled through this year a bit, but we've seen it at times. And then yesterday just put it all together for two innings when FSU desperately needed it. Um, you know, obviously Ben goes out there and only throws five pitches, all balls, a hit by pitch and a walk. And it kind of feels like, you know, this is just going to be the same story all over again. Team scored a lot of a good bit of runs early and then bats went silent and the other team just made something happen right at the end there. But Doug put a stop to it. Um, the stuff was great. The mentality was great. Uh, the execution was great, as you mentioned. But this is something that we would like to see moving forward as well, something that hopefully can give him some confidence and give the coaching staff some confidence to run him out there in those situations again to, to go execute in, the, in those moments. Well, we've seen it before from Doug, you know, in spurts. Again, I think against JU in a midweek, he, he came in in a middle relief role and, and it looked that good um, obviously you get more praise and it, it's more in the spotlight when you're closing a game out in a one-run game uh, a conference series than when you're playing JU in the midweek but like you said the consistency right like that's going to be the next step for Doug it's no doubt MLB level stuff like he's going to get drafted very highly if he puts it all together because that's premium um, you just don't make those in a lab somewhere every day, right? And then that's that's good stuff. And Jamie Arnold, another one I know you've been high on um, since he came from uh, your alma mater in Jesuit in Tampa. Uh, he gave you a really good performance as well. And, and that's a young arm that when we talk about the future of this program, Jamie Arnold could be a staple uh, for years to come. Yeah, and Jamie was someone in the fall and preseason that could consistently spot the fastball wherever he wanted, um, and especially to the glove side. But it was something that... I thought he had struggled with for a good bit of time during this season and something that Link talked about um, after the game on Saturday when he was talking about Ar Army's performance and the ability to execute against the lineup with a lot of left-handed hitters and getting the ball to his glove side. And then Jamie seemed to pound that outside quarter against left-handed hitters and, and use the slider off of that. Um, you know, there were a couple times there where it looked like he may unravel command-wise like he has a couple times this season, but kept it together, fought through it, stranded a couple of runners on base, and I think the sixth stranded a runner on base in the seventh in a one-run game that you're trying to break a nine-game losing streak. Um, it was really good to see from Jamie. Um, obviously, hope, like I said, it's another one that you hope it starts to become a little more consistent. We're still seeing this, like, this run of these pitchers just not having the same stuff outing to outing, which is just confusing and makes it really hard on the coaching staff like I talked about last time I mean like with Ben like it looked good on on Wednesday at um, UNF three innings one one run I think and then comes out there on Sunday and, and and just can't find the strike zone at all and isn't really competitive and close so I mean it's just you're just you got to find someone to be consistent for you outside of Connor Whitaker because he's the one guy right now that I feel like you know exactly what you're going to get every single time he runs out there I think Army's probably the second closest to that. It seems like everyone else is kind of just up and down, and you don't know exactly what you're going to get time from time. So 
I think consistency is something I would like to see through these last few weeks of the season to try to, you know, show what guys can fully do, you know, and for certain lengths of time heading into next year. Yeah, I think Armstrong's another one that deserves a shout-out for his performance Saturday to keep Florida State in it, right, and give them a chance. Uh, four innings and just one earned run, five strikeouts. Fastball was being spotted to both sides of the plate. And uh, when he does that and he can pitch inside, when he can nibble on that outside corner, um, I thought the zone was friendly Saturday uh, to, to him and, and as well as Hackenberg. Um, but it allowed him to then get to his off speed and let that actually be an out pitch. Um, I thought he did a great job mixing, right? They pitched backwards at times when they had to. Um, but your bullpen overall, Brett, uh, nine innings, uh, one earned run over the final two games. And that's, again, we're doing this pod to find a couple of positives um, going forward as they try and close this year out. And the bullpen's gotten uh, a lot of criticism this year. And I think a lot of that's deserved. Morning. Yeah. And I think it, you know, we call it like we see it. And the fans see it and the media sees it. And the coaching staff will tell you that too. They'll tell you, yeah, the bullpen hasn't been consistent. But it's been uh, a nice sign over this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, to get them to pitch well. Um, those are the guys, though, I think that are going to have to continue to throw well. Whitaker continues to, like you said, give you a chance every time he goes out there. And and it's steady. It's It reminds me of, like you said, a Connor Grady type where it was like, I know Connor Grady is getting me into the sixth almost every, every time he goes out. Five is a baseline minimum, and that's just a, a good college arm. Um, in the way that Connor Whitaker is, what did you think of J Bomb on on Friday night? I actually thought it was a it was a mixed bag. I think early he was really good, and then I do think the defense kind of letting him down, um, maybe messed with his mental state just enough to get him off his game as we got to the middle innings. Yeah, I just think it's just that one inning. I mean, outside of one inning, J Bomb was completely fine. He was good. I mean, it's just that one inning where you know. I think it goes single, misplayed ball and left by Tibbs that would have been a single anyways, but ends up scoring a run there. Um, and then two walks. And then and then Diamas tries to make a diving catch on a ball that he probably should just let drop and, and get in front of. But, you know, I understand what he's trying to do there when you're in a, in a rut like this. You just, some guys just try to do a little bit too much, and that's probably a case where you'd like to go back and just stop that ball. We've, we've talked about that off off podcast there, but you know, I just think J Bomb puts a lot of this on himself. I feel like just from watching him that he's looked like he's putting too much on himself almost. I don't know, putting a lot of pressure on himself to try to draw the line like they've said and, and try to write the ship. Um and you know this is also a money year potentially for J Bomb. He's a draft eligible sophomore. So I think that there's a lot of stuff on him right now that he's trying to do a little too much. Um, and I think he just hasn't been able to find the curveball consistency the last two weeks, which was part of the reason he was so good against Clemson was it was the best his curveball had been, and it was consistent. Um, the last two weeks, he just hasn't really had it. And you like like Link said after the game on Friday, you can kind of tell early when, when, when J-Bomb doesn't have that pitch, and it allows teams to eliminate it and just try to get to the fastball, which is really good. But when you don't have to worry about other stuff, then – you're going to get to a couple more of those fastballs and do damage with them. But I think J-Bomb just needs to do a little bit better of a job of, of limiting those big innings, limiting the, the, the damage in that, and, and, he'll, be, and he'll be fine. I'm, I know J-Bomb's numbers aren't the prettiest anymore, but I'm still, 
I'm still pleased with his development this year, I think, and, and what I think he's going to be moving down the line. Um, I think if J-Bomb's on a better better team this year and doesn't have as much of the spotlight, as, as much of the pressure on him as he's, done, as he's had as a sophomore, only still making what probably his 10th, 11th, 12th starts of his career, um, the numbers would be a little better. Um, but long term, I'm not really worried about J-Bomb. Just needs to work on, on limiting that damage in that beginning to – to give himself some more consistency and, and more and longer starts for this bullpen. Yeah, I mean, it probably would be different, right, if he was coming in on Sundays. Um, hypothetically, say you had, you know, two frontline starters on a Friday, Saturday, and J-Bomb's like this premium arm on a Sunday. The way that Florida kind of has with Caglione, I think, he kind of can go in on Sundays and and try and, you know, work on what what he needs to work on, knowing that a lineup is there behind him, knowing that there's front two guys that are really good with uh, Sprout and Waldrip. Uh, but ba- Baumeister's been thrust into uh, really a, a, a leverage spot for the team, so to speak. And Wyatt Crowell going down, you know, has made the focus on, on J-Bomb even stronger. Carson not being able to kind of give you consistency there um, and having to get ha- had to get moved out of the rotation for a while um, and, and hasn't been the focus of the pitching staff, I think had to accelerate J-Bomb's maturity. And I think he's had, um, you know, some inconsistencies w- with that, so to speak. And there's been good at times. We've seen it. Um, and we've seen some, some not so good. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with managing situations. And I was talking to a few people um, about – Sometimes as a pitcher, right, when you're young, you've got to realize, like, college hitters get themselves out. And you don't have to go out there and strike out the side every single time that you go out. I know in high school, you were probably able to do that. You just overwhelmed everybody. And that can build bad habits as you try to learn how to manage a game, right? Like, you need to manage an outing. Uh, And I thought in that fourth inning specifically – I don't think that he or the team, his defense behind him, was managing a five to was it a five to one lead? Five nothing. Five nothing, right? So you go into the inning up five nothing and you give a couple of guys on base. And I know Tibbs overruns that ball. And so now you're starting to put yourself in a pickle. If you in the major leagues they teach you, if you can get out of an inning like that, right? Bases loaded, one out or nobody out. If you get out of that inning giving up two or three runs, that's a win. Right, I mean, like like you're you're managing the inning. You're up big. Instead, though, it felt like the team was trying to play hero ball, and it's like trying to keep a five nothing lead. And it's like that's where it kind of spiraled away. And I think J Bomb was trying to be perfect, and one thing led to another. That's going to be his next step, right? Is efficiency in an inning. If it doesn't, if it's not going your way, Messick was really good at this, Brett Parker. A couple of guys get on base. If he gave up one run. And he got out of that inning still with a quality start on the table. That's that's a good day for Parker Messick. But that's maturity. Well, and I think opinion. Link and Chuck talk about it a lot with the starters, where you have to you have to be your own reliever at times and just minimize damage. And I think part of it with Javon is he's not really a ground ball pitcher. Like he's when he gets outs that are contact outs most of the time, it's going to be in the air. I feel like just with the way he pitches and when he's in those jams, kind of first and second or bases loaded, no outs. You know, it's it's kind of tough for him to get that ground ball double play, um, which leads to him trying to get the strikeout, which 
you know, like you said, sometimes that either leads to long ABs and walks or some bloopers in play. And these are just things that I think, like I said, J-Bomb was just still 11, 12 starts of his career. Like, I, he's young. He's still going to – he's got time to figure it out and, and, and fix those little things. I still think he has the potential to be a front-line starter. I, th- I mean, we see it when he's on. Like, Clemson, that was, that was like a – premium that was like a watching a parker messick start all over again first three innings against virginia tech brett like he had a couple of walks mixed in but i want to say he had what he had nine strikeouts in his outing and what like seven of them came in the first three innings i think six i I mean he was he was overwhelming like they were not they were not picking him up and i mean first two innings at, at nc state he was really good and the third inning it just unraveled there um I mean, yeah, you just got to find the consistency. And that second time through the order, I think both these last two weeks, it's because he doesn't have that second – he doesn't have that curveball. He's just mostly has the changeup and fastball by the second time through the order, and it makes it tough on him. So, yeah, like I said, I still – I'm not worried about him long term. He's someone that if he doesn't want to sign in the draft next year, I would 100% take back and – and you know he's going to be a weekend starter for me next year too. I think if if he's if he's coming back, yeah. I mean it's it's a really big talent that that Jackson Baumeister has, and we've seen again flashes of brilliance from him. Uh, in the lineup side of things, uh, Brett, it seemed like Friday they had picked up where they left off from the midweek offensively. Um, Cam Smith was having himself quite a week, right? Um, really finding the long ball, tapping in to the power. Um, and they tried Tibbs at leadoff, and it, I think it it yielded pretty good results overall for the weekend for James. Yeah, and I I thought earlier in the year when Diamas was out, you know, maybe Tibbs would be a good leadoff, but I also kind of thought, you know, like you don't really have other guys producing our – not, not driving runs in right now, so it would probably be hard to take him out of that heart of the order. Um, you know, obviously Diamas had been struggling since he came back from the injury and not really giving you much at leadoff. So they decided to just put their best bats at the very top of the order. And I think, I think Cam swinging it well. Um, the last couple games before the weekend gave them that opportunity as well because they felt like Cam would be there behind James and Jaime and be able to drive them in. And he did that, did that on Friday well. Two homers, um, back-to-back multi-homer games for him. Um, but yeah, James, he, I think he led off each game with a hit, led off Friday with a homer. Um, I think he had a, I think he was three for three in his three leadoff at bats on four pitches. I think he had a first pitch single on, I think, I think on Saturday and I think on Sunday, second pitch he saw, he singled. Um, so didn't wait around, got the job done. Um, he's got on base as good, better than anyone on the team all year. Um, he's also slugging. I mean, this is pretty much what I expected from James this year, but of an uptick in average, uptick in power. Um, he's playing every day. You know, he's not – obviously hits righties better than lefties, but he's not uncompetitive against lefties. I think he's hung in there well and put together good at-bats, and um, that's really helped, you know, him balance out, you know, the, that middle heart of the order for most of the year. But then we see him go and lead off this weekend, and he was very capable of doing it. So I think it was a good thing to see. and. I don't know if they'll continue on with it because I thought Diamas had some better ABs this weekend and is looking more like himself, and, and Link talked about that a little bit. So we'll see. Um, but wherever James is in the lineup right now, I, f- I f- just feel really, really good about what he's going to give you. Yeah, it's, a, it's a lot like what you see in the majors 
when you have that power profile leading off. And it's different when a guy hits a home run to start a game. It changes the psyche, I think, of the lineup, of your dugout, of the guy on the mound opposing you. Uh, and that's why you see, like, you know, the Springers and the Acunas, Tatis, those guys that lead off and are, are pretty dangerous uh, in the MLB. It changes the complexion of a lineup uh, when you can do that. That was it was Florida State's first leadoff home run since 2017. Yeah, because they don't really have, they haven't really had guys that profile with strength, right? Like Tyler Martin wasn't really a, a home run hitter. He was a good leadoff guy. Yeah. Um, and I could go down the list of leadoffs. And, but, you know, back in the day when they had like Tyler Holt leading off, power profile uh, at the leadoff spot, um, a guy who could do damage there at the one hole and, um, there are some other guys. Again, Taylor Wallace was another one when he let off. Taylor could uh, beat you uh, with the long ball, but he also worked patient at bats um, and then had a good eye at the plate. Uh, Busby coming up behind him was a lot of fun. I mean, they had a really good one-two there um, with Dylan Busby at two and, and to Taylor Walls, who, uh, by the way, man, Taylor is off to a really nice start with yeah. the Rays. They're off to a nice start as an entire group, but... Uh, it's been cool to see Taylor, uh, who's a dad now, and dad uh, power. Dad power. I mean, he's he's looking good out there and and, and doing great in the trop. Um, can we see some more fans go to Tampa to watch their games? Like your team's seventeen and three. Maybe maybe not. Go Sox. Yeah, go Braves. We don't have that problem. The Red Sox, no. I feel like, sell out every game. And hey, did you? I I, I heard on a podcast, Brett, the Braves uh, this season have had something like I think 75% of their home games have sold out and that's a 45,000 seat. All I know is if park. I lived near there, I would go there like every day. Oh, it's beautiful. The truest is unbelievable. Uh, anyway, not sidetracking. We got, we got on the MLB leadoff hitters and, and went out down a spiral, but Tibbsy has been really good. And then I hope that's a guy, you know, next year with his draft year that um, is, is leading Florida state in the clubhouse and trying to get this turnaround um, and, and being a catalyst um, but he works patient at bats. I think he's another guy who's going to play in the MLB one day, uh, James Tibbs, as he gets comfortable at first base and, and, and really hones in at that position. Um, but he's really been good for Florida State, and uh, they've needed it, right? Like they, this lineup, though, and we talked about it too, man. Um, this lineup should be hitting better, and it's been good to see them start to put some hits together uh, over the last week or so. Yeah, and like I've talked about, I think a lot of it, comes back to the injuries, to Diamas and to, to McGuire. Um, I really do think Diamas is more so the guy that we saw before his finger injury versus what he's been since he's came back. I mean, the first few weeks after he came back, he really couldn't fully grip the bat as he usually does with, with the finger injury. And, he, you know, I just – I think that that plus the combination of the struggle they were in when he came back led to him trying to do too much – which, like I've said with a lot of these guys, man, like when you're just as a team, when you're snowballing like you have been, you have a lot of guys that really want to win, and that ends up to them doing some things that maybe are out of character. It just, and that leads to slumps, which then leads to confidence going away. So, like, there's just been a lot of stuff that's snowballed on this team. But those two guys, I think, you know, and I think Mac is still dealing with the hamstring a little bit. I don't know if he's 100%. You know, that's something that kind of lingers all year. Um, but, like, these are guys that I believe in, and I think they're guys that you want to have back next year. I mean, Diamas is someone that just hits, and then, like we saw that the last couple of days, like the last two days was the most 
I've seen Diamas look like Diamas since the, those two games at TCU when he was leading off for you and doing it really well. Um, just putting together at bats, battling, slapping the ball to the opposite field. Um, not always going to hit the ball super hard, but like he just sprays it around the field and puts it in play and makes things happen. I mean, we saw in the ninth on Saturday, I think he had a, I want to say he had one of the hits that spurred that rally um, against Hackenberg um, and had a couple hits on Sunday that are just, he just pokes it to the left field, pokes it up the middle. Like that's, that's Diamas Ross. And he's starting to play better defense and center. We mentioned the play on Friday where he dives for that ball, but I think that's just a case of trying to do a little bit too much again. And um, But he gets good reads on balls, gets good jumps, and, and covers a lot of ground out there. Um, with McGuire, I mean, he's a proven bat. You don't accidentally hit 300-plus for two straight years with a K rate of less than 15% with with power mixed in. I mean, McGuire is, is a good hitter, and, like, he's he's someone I just trust is going to figure it out. Um, when you also add in a ham eight bone injury, I mean, that – that's all another thing with the grip of the bat. Like that's going to change a little bit for you, and it's going to take some time to get used to it again. I think McGuire's swing decisions have been a little off. I think he needs to get that fixed a little bit, but I just think that is part of his game too. I think he's just a free swinger, um, but I, he's someone that I think will drive in runs. He's someone that will put the ball in play and make things happen and have some more doubles and maybe some homers hopefully come into play. Um, so I think – that's a large reason this offense hasn't been what we expected it to be. But with some other guys coming around right now, too, like Cam, as we mentioned, um, I would like to see Cam use the whole field again rather than I thought he got pretty pull happy the last couple of days after the stretch of home runs. Um, but obviously, I you know still think Cam is someone who's always going to produce for you. Um, so, yeah, I just think we're starting to see some guys be what we thought they would be a little bit more. And hopefully that carries over to these last few weeks of the season. Yeah, Mac has a sneaky little six-game hit streak going right now. Um, so good to see Holbrook getting healthier. And I think the everyday at-bats have started to allow right. him to get in a groove mm-hmm. of sorts, right? Like, it's funny. You and I joked the hard-hit balls end up finding a glove. Really? And his little his bloopers find grass. And it feels like baseball goes like that some way. Uh, Cam Smith continues, and, and I want to just touch on him a little more because – our last episode, I want to say, was right before the UNF game. Yes. And he had two home runs in Jacksonville against UNF. The second straight game that he gave Florida State an extra inning leadoff home run. Let me say that a little cleaner. A leadoff home run in extra innings uh, to put you ahead. So um, you're starting to see this kid have big, big at-bats. And, and as a freshman, too, you know, being up for the moment and being able to calm yourself and uh, the home run he hit against Virginia Tech, Brett, the second one that cleared the scoreboard, was a nuke. And it's like you see what makes draft scouts write into their notebooks every time they show up to Hauser about Cam Smith. And uh, as a hitter, he has superstar potential. And then defensively, I mean, that dude is smooth at third base. It's real fun to watch. Yeah, I still think. The approach at the plate for Cam, I think there's some things he could do a little better there. And I think we saw him start to do it better in that three-game stretch. And that was something that had been coming along. Um, I did think on Saturday and Sunday that he was trying to pull everything. And he was just doing a lot of flailing and didn't allow him to get to the ball as well and impacted the same. But 
there were swings and there were swings and takes on Friday that were just a lot better than what we had seen early in the season. Whether that was taking a slider to begin an at bat or fouling off a, a, a good slider late in the count, I think you know in the AB that he hit the monster home run on Friday, the the one that almost cleared the scoreboard. Um, you know, he takes the first pitch slider that was good down the zone, just down of the zone. Um, good take there. He gets into, a I think, a 2-2 count, fouls off a couple good sliders, and then he gets one that's hung that he can do damage on, and that's exactly what he did to it. And like, that's the cam that I saw in preseason. And it's good plate decisions and, and working good at bats and then using his talent, using the strength that's there to just mash balls. Um, I need him, I would like to see him kind of visualize all thirds of the field come going forward, especially at Hauser, like that right field fence is your friend, especially with Cam's power. And that's where most of his homers went early in the year. That's where most of his homers went in preseason. Um, like on Sunday, VT's throwing a lefty throwing 88 fastballs, like max out 88, 89. And like, that's not going to beat Cam. And I would like to see him drive those fastballs to the opposite field. And then, get the change-ups and, and, and the curveballs, you know, pull those and instead of pulling all those foul. And, um, but, you know, I just he just oozes talent. Like, it's just there. And like you said, he's been really good at third base. He makes all the tough plays. He needs to go, get a little more consistent with some routine plays. But the tough plays that he makes, they, they make up for it every time. And I would think if there were some sort of advanced metrics in, in college baseball, he'd probably – you know, have a lot of defensive runs saved over there. Um, but, yeah, I think Cam's going to be a really stellar defender at third base and, and have a really big year um, next year as well and hopefully a really big end to this season. And so that's where we're going here, you know, the rest of the year. Stetson, I believe, on Tuesday, so tomorrow um, from the day that we're recording here today. And uh, then it's Notre Dame for three. And that's going to be interesting, right? Link goes back to his former team. There are some similar, I should say similar, some familiar names that are still there uh, that Link coached. Uh, Notre Dame's playing much better. Um, that'll be unique for FSU. And uh, we'll see if maybe the baseball gods are starting to smile down on Florida State because for a while there, it just felt like in a one-run game, the Knolls could not catch a break. Like they yeah. couldn't get a hard-hit line drive right at a glove. You know, when they're on defense, they couldn't get a double play ball to end a game. They couldn't find a blue pit. They kind of changed the game or a wild pitch that went in their favor. Even Saturday, right? Hackenberg's pitching really well, but you're about to walk him off. And Tibbs, really good piece of hitting. And somehow the ball just dies in left field. That ball went off his bat a lot harder than the end result. It was weird. Um, it just kind of felt like you and I looked at each other like, what does it take for FSU to like get some luck? And who knows? Maybe Sunday's what they needed, and, and now they can start turning things into their favor uh, as they try and close the year out. I think that's why Sunday was such a relief because after some of those games the past week and I guess past couple weeks or whatever, it was just like, I just don't know if it's possible to win anymore. Like. There were just so many games that came right down to the end and you just found a way to lose, kind of. And not because of a lack of fight or anything like that that we talked about. It just You just haven't had enough arms to finish games out. You haven't had enough runs to you know, give the bullpen that luxury of not having to pitch in close games. And 
I mean, I think we saw it even from Link yesterday. Like there was just a big relief. I hadn't seen Link that happy, that energetic in a while. Um, you know, Pod just he's just smiling, cracking jokes in post game. Like it was just it was good to see. And you could tell that this has been tough on those guys. It has been Tough on the players, tough on the coaches, but I do think they go to the park every day, still trying their dang hardest to win every game, and um, you can respect that at least, I think. And you know, it's just, I'm just happy they won on Sunday. Just yeah. very happy and relieved that they broke another long losing streak. You look like you were uh, walking on a cloud uh, in the summer. I was, that was happiest I've been in a course. long time. Yeah, just. Wow, you you were hitting shots. Uh, your your three wood and your irons were looking solid. And hey, I mean it was a good Sunday for you. It was a great Sunday. You got to work on glorious your Sunday. The putting's got to improve. I think our 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 Sunday gold the Sunday golds record has to be pretty good this year. Still, I feel like when they wear Sunday golds, it has to because like they hadn't worn them. I, when they wore Sunday golds, the other was we have not worn Sunday golds in a long time. I feel like because Clemson they were. I think they were on the road and then Clemson when they played on Saturday and then road. I was like, when was the last time we even wore these? And they looked immaculate still. Oh, man. Sunday golds always look immaculate. They man. are good. I love how you speed by the uh, joke I made about your short game in golf. Oh, my short game's awful. Oh, uh, yeah. Just let's just uh, ignore if it. If I had a short game, I'd be shooting in the 70s like every day. <laughs> I like three putt on the – oh, man. Let's not – Okay. What? I don't think you should be talking. I was gonna say let's uh, let's speed past this before it. Oh, you know, we start. I'm gonna talking have to take a video of you putting and no, let's the, not. put that out I'm, in the public. I'm better at broadcasting than, than than the golf game, but uh, uh, good to see them fighting. Uh, it is, it is there, and uh, you know that's I think you and I have been frustrated at times, reading comments and tweets and message board posts. Some of the things that are being said about these kids. I'm like, they are give, they're giving their all. Like you can see it. I'm I seeing the, like they're giving up. No, they're not. Like I haven't seen them give up a single day. Yeah, and, you know they, it's still high energy, and guys are slapping the railing, and and they're you know pumped up, and you know they've been taking leads, man, early in games, right? Like they yeah. are coming out hot in some of these losses still, and that's a sign of a team that showed up to the park ready to play. Like that's you didn't just show up and just take it. I mean, it's there's just, certainly yeah. been times when they've put their heads down and and looked distraught, but I mean. I mean, you can't really blame them for that. Like, it's just, this is, it sucked. I mean, let's just put it how it is. This has not been fun. This has not been the season anyone has wanted. And it won't be, I'm like, we're not expecting a massive turnaround, I don't think, after last weekend. I'm sure, you know, both of us would be joyous if there is. But, like, that's not what we're expecting. We just like to, like to have some small wins. We want to see some things that point to progression. We want to see some things that we can say are wins and, things that you can take into next year and hopefully grow from in next year. But, I mean, yeah, this has been frustrating. I understand the frustrations of a lot of people. And, I mean, for the people who say that I need hazardous pay and stuff like that and feel bad for me, don't. I get paid to watch baseball. I like doing this. I get – I mean, this is this is still fun to me. I still like going to the park every day. Like going to Hauser and watching baseball – Told Ari the other day. I don't know why. It still gets me really excited. I could go watch baseball there every day. It's just don't feel bad for us. This is this is what we like to do. No, whether I, mean, I love my job. Whether whether it's frustrating or not, this is what we do. This is what we like to do. I think I've got five more games on the broadcasts for FSU through you know through Seminole Productions this year, and I'm gonna have a blast in all five. And 
Uh, fingers crossed that I get to call Florida State at Louisville for, for the national network. Uh, I've had some conversations there, so um, we'll see. And I, so I just don't like when people are calling them like, you know, losers and disgrace. So I'm, I'm like, a disgrace to what? Like, what, what, what are we comparing a disgrace to? There are many other things out there for you to be more upset about uh, than what Florida State baseball is doing. And don't forget that they're 18 to 22, 23-year-old kids. Like, I'm sure some of you have children that are their age. Kind of remember that, I think, when you're watching them play. It's frustrating for everybody, no doubt. It's not, not been fun. And I promise you nobody cares more than the coaching staff and the kids that are playing the game and are having to put that uniform on every day and, and blood, sweat, and tears to try and turn this thing around. So uh, I tell you what, though, Brett, they go 3-1 and one this week, and uh, I'm about to start telling some lies. Oh, boy. No, yeah. Here we that go. next podcast will be uh, me telling some lies if they win <laughs> three out of four this week. But that's the next step, right? Like, jokes aside, I, I'm, I'm saying that in jest, but if they can win a what series at Notre now? Dame, right? What about 4-0? No, then what are you going to do? I mean, we're, we're going to go to Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> Statistically speaking, maybe impossible, but somehow we'll find a way. Uh, but again... Uh, on a serious note, that is a sign of improvement if they can win a series this weekend yeah. on the road at Notre Dame. Yeah, that'd be. It's going to be a weird weekend for Lincoln. Them, I don't. I'm sure we'll get to ask them about it after the game against Stetson. Um, that whole staff. I mean, that's an entire staff that came here with Link from Notre Dame. So, I'm sure, it will be an interesting week for those guys. A lot of guys that they recruited and um, coached for the last few years. So, it should be interesting for sure. Um, I won't be there. Won't be making that trip. It's, it's tough almost to, tough to get to, to Notre get to. Dame. Yeah. It's like really tough to get yeah, there. But yeah. but we'll be watching. Um, and Stetson Tuesday, like you said, I don't know who's going to start yet for sure. Um, I don't know if they'll run Ben back out there after Sunday. But I would think that's probably your number one option with maybe Dennison behind him. Um, yeah, I don't know who else would be out there. Maybe. I'm trying to think about how many pitches Army threw on on Saturday, but he'd probably tell you. probably just be available in relief. That outing for Army on on Saturday was actually the fifth straight game he had pitched in. Um, I think he's top ten in the country in appearances this year. But yeah, so Stetson and in, in, in Notre Dame this week. There are some winnable games coming up here for this team to to get back in in the win column a couple more times. So um, we'll see. Yeah, fourteen and twenty five. Five and 16 in the ACC. Yeah, not pretty. Uh, But again, we're looking for incremental improvements. And then uh, hopefully that that happens this week. So good stuff, Brett. Uh, I thought it was a good podcast overall. It's funny. You and I were like, how do we put together 30 minutes on just one one, one game? So uh, we know you guys love this podcast. And again, thanks for for bearing with us this season. And uh, your questions, comments, always appreciated. Uh, no matter what. And uh, we love this thing together. And uh, there will be better days, 100%. No doubt in my mind that Link Jarrett will get Florida State back to where it needs to be and maybe even better um, than it ever was. So uh, until we talk to you guys again, uh, that's Brett Nevitt to my left. You can't see him. It's a podcast, but I promise you he's here. I'm Aria Masudi, and this has been Sunday Golds. We appreciate you.